Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Podcast. Today is Monday, April 20th. Katie Emmer joined alongside, as always, Jordan Hall. Jordan, very special guest joining us on the pod, making his first appearance on the Flyers Talk podcast today. I'll give you a little drum roll, Jordan. You do the honors. Katie, super excited to introduce Scott Hartnell. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we're absolutely thrilled to have you on. Yeah, no, my pleasure. I uh, well, got the I mentioned last week that I might be on. I saw, I was like, yeah, there's nothing else to do other than uh, just kind of stare at the walls. You're inside your house cooped up. So let's, let's talk some hockey. Awesome. Scott, did you like my drum roll there? Did you hear that? That was good. It was, it was good. on my table. You only did it for about two seconds. So I was a little disappointed <laughs> in that. Well, I didn't know, you know, the, the different circumstances. I don't know if this wood table is overpowering. We don't have our official equipment, you know, we're just Not making on. it work though. Right. Um, Not on. Firstly, Jordan and I would love to wish you a happy belated birthday. Your birthday was uh, on April 18th, this past Saturday. Saw some, you know, you're getting spoiled by the family. What was the biggest highlight of the birthday? How was it? Well, pretty much the whole, well, the morning was great. I had uh, chocolate chip pancakes, I had coffee in bed, I had my three homemade cards, one for my wife, one for my son, one for my cat. Um, uh, yeah, I got a new pair of tennis shoes, which was kind of cool, and you know, everything is kind of, you know, buying by uh, the internet, right? So my, uh, I opened up a package that I probably shouldn't have, so I knew I was getting a, a t-shirt as well. But, um, but anyway, it was, it was pretty fun to see my son open up the presents and watching him grow. And uh, we had, a, we had a, just a great morning and a great day. That's awesome, Scott. Yeah, how have you, how have you been staying busy during this time? What's kind of keeping you occupied? Well, luckily, I've uh, uh, my wife wanted a Peloton, a treadmill Peloton. So I was like, you know, I'm like, geez, man, these things are like, you know, four or five thousand. I'm like, you know, okay, I'll I'll splurge on this for her, you know, and and so I'm the one that's using it right now. My wife is two uh, two weeks from being due with our our second child, so I'm the one that down there working out, doing some boot camps, and you know, staying busy that way. So if I didn't have that, I, I probably would have gained probably 15 pounds, <laughs> 20 pounds in the last month. But, uh, so that kind of gives me some sanity. I go downstairs for about an hour and, and kind of, you know, recharge, uh, when I need a, a break from, uh, from parenting, I guess. And then, then yeah. come back refreshed. So this has all sort of been a recharge. I think we could all agree to that. It's just a pause with, of course, a bigger issue in the world right now, but a pause with sports. We're all trying to figure out how to occupy our time. You mentioned another one on the way, and I remember you talking about that at our pre and post game um, show earlier this season when you hopped on. This is sort of, not sort of, this is just certainly a great time for you. Like looking at the positives of it, how big of a blessing is this? Of course, you're not playing, but you're still almost like playing. You're covering so much on NHL Network, NBCSN, even hopping on with us. 
how important has this pause been for your, your family and your personal life? Well, it's, it's good. You know, you got to set up a new baby room. You got to make sure that you got the, you know, all the new diapers and, um, you know, the new room set up. So we, we don't know what we're having. So we don't, uh, everything's obviously, uh, gender neutral. It's not pink or blue. It's the grays and stuff. So, uh, it was nice to kind of help out with that. And, and, you know, I, it's, it's funny. I, when you play hockey for so long, like I did, and then, you know, you don't really know the media side, but then, you know, last year I dabbled with it a bit and this year I've done a lot more and I've just really enjoyed seeing, you know, how the other side of it, the media side, and I always thought it was the, the evil side that you didn't want to be a part of, but um, everybody been so great. Everyone wants you to succeed. Everyone wants to, uh, you to be the best person. And if you put in the work and you're watching hockey, you're watching highlights, you follow a few teams, you know, it's tough to follow every, every team for me. I don't have, you know, enough hours of the day, but uh, to lock on a few teams and my teams are obviously Flyers, the Blue Jackets and, and Nashville, the teams that I played for. So uh, I really watch them and read what the, the beat writers have to say and, and, and follow, uh, you know, my ex-teammates, I guess. Yeah, Scott, you, it was really nice. You were able to have a retirement ceremony last year in Philadelphia. I know that was real special for you. And we got to chat with you about the current team, which last season was a lot different compared to this season. Uh, just to get your thoughts on the, on this season's Flyers team, what have you really liked about them? Well, you know, I think it started uh, last year when Carter Hart came up and, you know, they were giving him, you know, every chance to, you know, not fail or succeed, but just give him some experience. And you could see the way that the, the Flyers players, you know, defense and, and the forwards playing in front of them and, and gave him a chance to, you know, be successful. And they're like, wow, this is kind of cool to, you know, play. Now they played in front of 19 goalies last year, but, um, <laughs> you know, to, to have that, that one guy that they could rely on. And, you know, I think it gave him the summer of, okay, this is my net is I am the number one. I'm going to come in and, and play like a number one. And, and, you know, and then you, you add Chuck Fletcher into the mix who went on, got a couple of veteran defensemen, you know, signed Kevin Hayes and, and uh, you know, he can go on and on with the, the, the little deals that he did that just added a, a, a great uh, uh, team. And, you know, you talk to the guys and, and they really play like a team. And that's probably the biggest thing that, uh, that has impressed me the most is that everyone's bought in, you know, you're not playing well, you know, JVR was, was struggling early you know, he gets down to the fourth line and, and he makes his way up. And, you know, G was, set, you know, sat down a little bit too. So it doesn't matter who you are, if you're Claude Drew or whoever, you know, if you're not playing well, you're not going to play as much. You got to earn your ice time. And, and that is filtered through the whole team, which, uh, which I absolutely love. Yeah, you've mentioned it before, too, how important it is, um, at least for your role, to just fuel the bench. You know, get other teams mad at you. Just bring that excitement, bring that emotion is what you use to the game. And you said every team needs to have that. Who would you say has that on the current Flyers roster right now? Well, I think uh, Kevin Hayes has been a great addition. I think he's, uh, he's just got a, a personality about him. He's got that, uh, that uh, personality where you want to be around him. You want to, you never know what he's going to say next, uh, um, you know, on the ice, off the ice. I'm sure he's great in the dressing room. I've met him a few times off the ice and, uh, you know, just a great guy to, uh, to have a beer with or whatever. And uh, probably the other guy too is, is connecting. I don't know him as well, but, you know, just watching him and, and just how kind of everyone – attracts uh, and looks at him for, okay, what, what's he going to do next? Is he going to be chirping somebody? Is he going to go score the next goal? Is he going to make a great play defensively, block a huge shot, everything like that. So 
but you know those guys uh you know along with jake and g and jvr and uh you can go on and on but uh, those two guys have that personality i think that uh, uh teams really do need to uh you know for the whole team and, and fans to look at and, and enjoy yeah, connect these chirps are unlike any other. And you say with Kevin A's, you don't really know what to expect is going to come out of his mouth. But I think we can expect, at least on a post-game interview or even between periods, that you're going to hear a puck steep at some point of the interview. So that's maybe yeah. some expectation we could imagine. But Jordan mentioned your retirement ceremony, and you talked about you have an outstanding uh, – had an outstanding NHL career, and now it's in the broadcast department, which, which is even better. Um but yeah, your playing days, you mentioned your teams focusing on the Flyers. You had some amazing moments with Philadelphia, the 2010 playoffs, um, different, different moments uh, that we could talk about and Jordan will elaborate. But one thing I want to wonder, or I've been wondering, is the dynamic with you, Giroux, and Yager. Like, how did that all work out? And what was that like, maybe both on the ice and off, with, of playing with those two? Yeah, it was that was a weird, well, weird start to the season. I, I had like a, a neck injury and I had some uh, like not nerve damage, but my, my left hand. So my bottom hand of my stick was, I uh, didn't have much strength in it. And, and it started like in August and it took me probably till like the regular season. So I had a poor training camp, but uh, you know, I wasn't winning many battles. I was just like in a lot of pain. And, you know, I started on the fourth line, um, you know, Pierre Laviolette, he, you know, he, was very honest with me the whole my whole time where he's my coach and he was all over me and you know I was just trying to do something to you know move up in the lineup and you know not lose my power play spot and help the team win and and uh you know after I think four four five six games something like that he put me on the line with uh, G and Yager and I'm like okay this is my one game my one chance you know everyone has that kind of moment I'm like to play at these two legends right I, I need to have a good game we had like an unbelievable game, no points though. We ended up uh, winning the game. It was a close game. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm back, back on the third, fourth line. I'm done. I was so mad, you know. And the next day in practice, we we're on the same, uh, the same lineup was on the board. So I was like, okay, you know, next game I had two goals and two assists, and and uh, you know, kind of led to that uh, career year that I had with like 37 goals and I think 30 assists. So uh, you know, and just playing with those guys, it was, it was you know, my probably my funniest story was. Well, there's a few funny stories, but, you know, getting ready before one of, uh, one of the games at home and, and Yogs would come and corner me in, in, uh, in the locker room. He's like, Scotty, Scotty, come here, Scotty. Uh, I feel so good tonight. So good. He goes, I'm going to dump it in your corner. You're going to hold on to the puck and I'm going to come get it. I'm going to beat two guys and score, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. That's easy. Okay. That's, that's, that's great by me. Right. And then like literally five minutes later, I'm walking down the hallway and, and Claude <laughs> Drew is there. He's like, Hey, Scotty, come here. He's like, man, I'm feeling it tonight. Like, Hey, you got to get me the puck. I'm going to give it back to you. You're going to get back to me. I'm going to score like shoot. You know, I feel like I'm going to, you know, score a couple goals. I'm like, okay, I'm playing with two guys that want the puck that like are demanding the puck. And it was good for me because I didn't really want to skate with it. And, you know, I just go to the net and, you know, cause havoc and screens and tips. And that's how I scored my goals. So that, that's kind of, uh, you know, one story I'll never forget with those guys, uh, um, just kind of give each guy the puck, go to the net. And then that's, probably what made us successful. DraftKings has partnered with United Way to help those affected by COVID-19 to join the rally. Take a picture of you in a rally cap, post it on social media. Take three friends and use the hashtag DKRally. DraftKings will donate $1 to United Way until they reach $1 million. Visit DraftKings.com slash DKRally for details. That's so awesome. I and, and Scott, how, how cool has it been for you? You, you watched Drew, Claude Drew go from being a kid to now a man, a father, 
Uh, how unique and how fun has it been for you to watch his growth into becoming a man and a dad and a veteran player? Yeah. Well, he's, you know, kind of grown up under our eyes, I guess you could say. And, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't uh, consider myself uh, or uh, me, his dad, but that was kind of my nickname in Columbus with some of the young kids, young kids in Columbus. But he, uh, you know, I FaceTimed him just a few days ago just to kind of check in and see how life was up in Ottawa. And, you know, you could just see talking, uh, you know, about his son, Gavin, and, you know, just kind of the light that, that, uh, that little man brings to him and, you know, just kind of comparing stories. Cause I was just through that, you know, maybe eight months ago, how old he, uh, my son was. So uh, it's amazing when you, 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 your father, your kind of whole perspective of life changes and, um, you know, it's all about, you know, that little, little man and, and your family and, and just how much joy that gives. So it, it's cool to see him kind of go from a, you know, punk little kid to, you know, like you said, a father and, and just being a, a good uh, leader for, for everyone in that dress room and, and for city of Philadelphia, people look up to him. Yeah. And speaking of a leader in a circumstance like this, it's such an abnormal situation, no matter where you are in sports or out of sports. Um, how important is your leaders in times like this when you do resume player or even during a time like we're in right now, when you're kind of running in place, you don't know when the games are going to come back. How important is your leader? Well, just asking Claude, I said, have you been working out? He goes, yeah. He's like, I got a Peloton bike. He's like, you know, I'm doing my rides. I'm doing the boot camps. I'm, you know, you have to stay in shape because who knows what the playoff situation or if there's going to be a, a some sort of a, a plan, uh, you know, they might be in a plan. They might not like, who knows how that's going to be. So whether that's, you know, one or two games and then, you know, right into playoffs, like everyone's going to need to be, you know, on top of their game and, you know, knowing that Claude is, is doing his part and, you know, obviously staying home and, and being healthy, obviously for his family and his, his self, but, you know, for the team and the Flyers too, right? So um, so I think everyone is kind of following that suit. And, you know, when things come, uh, uh, if, when and if they do, who knows? You know, I, I don't have a crystal ball. Like, uh, he's a guy that you want to, to be ready and in shape, ready to go. Scott, you went through a stoppage, uh, an NHL stoppage during your career. Obviously a lot different. Uh, type of stoppage but uh, how yeah what what did you what was your mindset during that in terms of just staying ready and trying to hope for when things return and how different do you think this one is for players compared to the one you went through well I was part of the one the whole lockout year in in 2004 where you know there was there was zero end in sight right We, we lost the whole season and I went over to Norway to play and you know, we, we got the updates every few days, uh, you know, on the websites and, you know, talking to um, the people that were in charge and it just kind of seemed that it was never ending. And so eventually it was like, okay, I'm going to be staying here and try and, and play here and win a championship here, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then, uh, you know, in 2012, I think it was, uh, you know, where it lasted till Christmas and, and, you know, same thing. You just kind of you try and block out all the noise and try and focus on what you uh, uh, need to do to stay in shape. And obviously there's no, you know, there was only a week training camp and right into the season. And, and so, you know, looking back, maybe I probably could have done a lot more things to kind of, you know, stay in better shape or skate more or whatever, but you know, it's uh, I guess hindsight's twenty twenty. but you know, I think this, this time around, if, 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 if the season gets going again, it's going to be right into playoffs and even abbreviated playoffs. So it's going to be, you know, the team that comes together the quickest is going to be, you know, probably the most successful. 
And uh, during that lockout or any of those experiences, like, yeah, you, you have stoppage from play, but you're still able to take the ice. In this situation, these guys aren't even able to skate. It's such a different situation to stay in shape, uh, specifically for hockey players. We heard Rick Tockett say that the team, if they were to come back, would need at least a 10-day training camp. Where are you on that? Like, how important would that be to at least get a, a mini training camp or anything before the resumption of full play? Well, you, you never really see playoffs in July or August when it's, you know, humid, um, <laughs> you know, in Philadelphia, but I can imagine Tampa Bay going to play down there or, uh, you know, wherever it's hot, right? And, and the ice isn't great and, and you're going to need some time to get the legs in skating shape, right? And um, you go, you skate two, three days and go into playoffs, guys are going to blow their groins or, you know, have those abs blown out or um, all these little tweaks. So, you know, I think they'll do enough job to make sure the players are safe. And that's what the, the NHLPA has, uh, has done a great job, I think, you know, throughout um, its existence to make sure the players are, are safe rather than, you know, going in there with no uh, uh, lead up time or games or anything like that to, to play for the Stanley Cup because, uh, you know, half your team's going to be injured pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of the playoffs, uh, Scott, if the, if it does resume and they jump right into it, the Flyers would would draw the Penguins. I just first wanted to get your take on how intense, <laughs> how intense yes. that, how intense that rivalry was during your playing days. We know the Hulk Hogan impression, just so many fun moments. But really, what was that rivalry like? It was it was incredible. It was something that I learned real quick in, in Philadelphia. My first uh, you know time playing said the kid and he was he was literally a kid back then and and he was just lighting us up skating around and you know they had our number the first uh, uh the first one or two times we played them in the playoffs and then you know after that i think we realized how how to play him how to frustrate him uh, get under his skin and and obviously uh you know the one uh, playoff series i think 2012 uh, was it when uh you know the goals were 10 3 7 5 and <laughs> Uh, it was just ridiculous hockey was, uh, you know, some of the funnest hockey that I've, I've ever played. And so, um, yeah, that, the rivalry is, is been there right from the get go, obviously way before me, uh, you know, being a flyer, but you, you learned really quick to hate Pittsburgh Penguin players and fans. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, that's what it's all about. It's a, it's a game. It's uh, you got to have fun with it. God, I know you've told this story before, but we just we want to hear the full story of that situation. Of course, before the playoffs, we were just talking before or the playoffs before that point in the regular season. I think it was game seventy nine, and of course, you're at you're at Pittsburgh. You're on the bench, and you like what was the whole situation on how this Hulk, Hulk uh, this whole Hulk Hogan? It's a tongue twister. It's easy yeah. for me to say <laughs> Hulk Hogan situation came about. Well, I think it was right at the end of the game, and I think the game was out of hand. And if we won, we got home ice, and so it was. It was just like you know, penalty, and they were taking runs at us, and you know, we were taking runs at them, and it was just kind of a, uh, you know, that last. It felt like a college basketball game. The last like you know, thirty seconds took like, <laughs> you know, fifteen minutes. Uh, uh, but anyway, so it was lots of time. That's why I was sitting on the bench and I was looking at the fans, you know, kind of just see who can I pick on or who can I say something to. And he was, you know, obviously sitting there, the whole guy and and uh, so I was like oh, I'd be pretty funny you know give one of those and and just a picture I don't know if you've ever seen the picture that the uh, they sell at, like some of the the fan stores whatever of, of me doing that it was like the perfect oh, yeah. oh, yeah. background and our trainers looking at Jim across was looking at me just dying laughing and uh, yeah I know uh, Craig Berube the coach he was there sitting he's just shaking his head so <laughs> here we go again so um, you know and I, I remember after the game I um, 
uh, it was sitting on a Twitter and, and people, you know, from Pittsburgh were just like going after me, like, Oh, you know, you're, you're this and you're that and blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, it was, it was, it was just something that's so funny and just like kind of sporadic. And, and it was just kind of having that interaction with fans. I'm sure he loved it. You know, and I know I was just playing around. Right. And, uh, so that's what it's all about for me. I know the fans were eating it up then, but they still are after that moment. How would you explain these Flyers fans from your experience and just like now taking a step back and seeing how strong the uh, Orange Sea still is? Oh, it's <laughs> you. It's it's phenomenal. If they happen to do play each other in the playoffs, uh, you know, just with both teams playing, well, Flyers are playing, I think, better hockey as a team. So, you know, hopefully, you know, there's uh, – Know, no injuries on both sides and both the top dogs are, are healthy and then they can go right at it so it's it's going to be it's going to be good hockey and you know I just I, it's tough to say whether they you know will play or not but I, I I hope they do just for that sake you're talking about the fans Scott and the memories uh a special year for you obviously 2010 the cup run just how unique was that did you start to gather a special feeling in that season that you thought hey we could actually make a run at this well, you know, it was kind of an, a very up and down season, probably more down than up. But, you know, we were trending up at the last, you know, you know, month or two in the season where we put some stretches together that uh, um, to kind of put us in a position for that game 82 win against the Rangers, uh, going to a shootout, Bush versus Lundqvist. And, you know, it was like, holy smokes, we're, you know, and it was that, that feeling to get in the playoffs was uh, I've never won, but it's like, you know, we're jumping around, we were celebrating, you know, Mr. Snyder was in there and, you know, coaches and we're like, we didn't even know who we were going to play because the the last game hadn't finished yet. And, you know, uh, it was just, it was so cool. Then the, you know, come back against Boston and it was like, man, we're playing so good in game two, game three, game four, we we're playing better. And we're like, they tied it up late to go into overtime in game four. And then, you know, we kind of um, obviously made it to game seven. Then we we're down 0-3. And it's just like, you know, that was the first, I think, week uh, when the uh, league got put on pause. They showed that game in the morning. I flipped on uh, um, NBC Philadelphia. And I was like, holy smoke, I might as well watch this. So I sat there, <laughs> had a coffee, and, and watched the second period where we came back, scored a goal, and Danny B scored a goal. And, and then uh, Gags obviously uh, finished it off there uh, in regulation. But um, just some unbelievable memories that, uh, um, that feeling I got, I was like, Oh man, like, you know, I got nervous. I'm watching it and my heart's pumping. I'm like, Oh, this is pretty cool to watch yourself. And I, I'm not a huge fan of obviously looking back at the glory days and watching highlights or whatever, but that was, that was a, a pretty cool game that brought back so many good memories. Yeah. And speaking of those memories, I mean, going back to that 2012 uh, playoff, just starting out with the Penguins, game one, Drew just sets the tone early on his first shift, drilling Crosby. Do you remember that moment? I mean, what kind of uh, tone does that set for the playoffs when you do that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, I think Laviolette said it best. I think it was, uh, you know, Crosby was obviously, you know, the best player. He was scoring all the goals and and uh you know had a couple stand the cups already and and but she was making his mark on the league and and it was the battle between them as as uh you know Lavi said i think g is is right there ready to take it from him and you know that, that friend he goes uh he goes g you want to start the first shift and she's like yep and went you know went right at him and just laid him on his back scored a goal and it was just like you know uh, unbelievable how uh, how a guy can you know put the team put the city of Philadelphia on his shoulders and and uh, just do what he did out there. Awesome. Do you think he? Uh, everyone in Philly would just love to see him eventually hoist the cup and 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 enjoy that success in this city, given how long he's played here, how much he's done. 
did he, did you feel like this was a season if they do resume um, that this team and especially with Drew leading the way that they could actually have done something pretty special? Yeah, you know, obviously since I was traded, well, I don't even know now, five six years ago, um, is probably the team that's played the best and probably that gave you know the players hope, but like even the fans hope. And you know, I hear now that I'm living here in the area that. Uh, uh, everyone was, uh, you know, jacked up, getting ready for playoffs, how great they are. They lose a the game, they come back, and they win two or three in a row. Um, everything was just kind of trending upwards, right? So, you know, I know in that dressing room, they were feeling like, wow, this is this is awesome because we haven't had this in five, six years, right? They're, you know, mediocre. They lose, you know, eight or nine in a row, and then they'd win, you know, seven or eight to get back in the playoff race but never make it. And so, you know, I think this year was was uh, a season where they're like, wow, they, they really believed. Uh, they had the goaltending, uh, the defense, uh, you know, playing hard, you know, making those first passes. Um, but um, but such is life. You know, crazy things happen. You got to adapt. And, and uh, you know, this is, uh, everyone's doing their part. Your NBC Sports Philadelphia podcasts are now on the My Teams app. Listen to Eagle Eye, Sixers Talk, Phillies Talk, and Flyers Talk now. Yeah, right. And it's such a fluid situation, right? It's like we have news from the NHL every day. And I was saying to Jordan on some earlier episodes, it certainly is a positive that you're seeing some ideas pitched. I mean, they're thinking of a, a million different scenarios on how to play this out because they do, pun intended, want to play it out. Yeah. Um, we had an interview with Simone Gagne. Uh, Michael Barkhan talked to him earlier today. And he was saying that he was open to the idea of bubble cities, that whole concept, where would you, would you agree with that? Especially if you were playing, would that be something that you're open to? Yeah. I guess if you're, you know, like the flyers, if you're in a position to, uh, you know, have a good run for the Stanley cup, but you know, at the same time, it's tough because if you have a, a bubble city, whether that's North Dakota or Quebec city or, or wherever that is, you know, someone's going to have to serve you food, right. A, a, a server or whoever, or someone's got to make the food. How are they doing their social distancing away from, their own families am I going to be gone for a month for my you know uh, son or you know wife or who's pregnant or whatever and if she has a baby can you go back and you know you, you got to think yeah. of everything like that to, you know and even for baseball too that I know they've talked about it for baseball where they're gonna to go to Arizona and, and uh, you know just kind of you know lock themselves in a city and and do it but it's 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 tricky because this virus is something that you know I think no one really knows how how it spreads or how dangerous it is. And, and obviously you see the, the death totals and, and people infected. So it's, it's scary. So I, I just, I, I, I'm just very cautious to be, yeah, let's go to this, you know, X city and, and, you know, let's go play, you know, for a month and a half and, and get this all done. It's just, it's, it's a little trickier than just <laughs> saying about it. It sounds fun and, and gets people hyped up, but you know, it's, uh, I think it's harder than people think. Yeah, Stanley Cup playoffs at Ralph Engelstad Arena. Why not? <laughs> Perfect. And, and, and speaking of playoffs, Scott, can there's discussions about possibly playing with no fans. Um, obviously, I'm sure players would do anything to get on the ice. I'm sure fans would do anything just to be able to watch hockey. But how, how unique could that be just with no fans in the building? Would that be a challenge for you as a player to kind of get up and get the emotions going? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's, it would be weird and it would take you, you know, a couple periods to be, you know, get adjusted to not seeing anyone or having the noise, right? Good or bad, right? You, you're, you, you let in two goals in the first five minutes and you know, it's, it's probably, it's, that's probably going to hurt you most than scoring the two goals, right? Because it's like, yeah. you don't hear that crowd and you don't feel that, 
you, you know, that shame that, Hey, let's, let's let, you know, and then you start yelling at, at each other to pick it up and let's play hard, but you don't really have just, I just first time I thought about it, but, um, but at the same time, you're playing for the Stanley cup and it's a best of seven, best of five, whatever they would be. Um, you're playing your heart out and, and it doesn't matter if you're down two goals or five goals or whatever, you're playing the full 60. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's important to award that Stanley Cup. We've heard it from Batman throughout this whole entire pause. Uh, going for with the Phillies, we hear Zach Wheeler, something you just said, like you would have to think of a million different things if you're going to be away from your pregnant wife in, in different scenarios. For Zach Wheeler of the Phillies, he said he wouldn't because he wouldn't want to miss the birth of his child. Um, things like that. Do they, of course, family is first. Um, are you going to be faced with some different circumstances? The fact that you might have guys that, you know, don't want to maybe go forward with things. I don't know, like, would that be something or is it just so important to, to award that Stanley cup, no matter the circumstance? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a great question. And, and, you know, out of you ask, you know, 700 guys, there might be 50 guys that'd be like, I don't feel comfortable going anywhere right now because I don't want to get set. I don't want to have the chance of you getting it, then me getting it. Then I take it home to my family and, you know, who knows if I'm going to react, right? Because you can give, you know, 100 people the virus and one or two people are going to die. It doesn't matter how old they are or young they are, fit they are, and, you know, right? So it's 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 something that's it's scary. And I, I don't know, I kind of blew it off in the beginning, but now, you know, the more you hear about it, the more you uh, hear about this virus, it's uh, it's scary. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the one kind of screwing it up for me or my family and, and uh, not be around and watch my, my children grow up. So, um so it'd be an interesting question or poll question to ask, you know, a, a sample size of NHLers to see if they, they actually would. I'm sure they would just to play and have that chance for the Stanley Cup. But if you actually think about uh, real life and, you know, what how fragile life is, uh, um, you'd have to give them that scenario too. Scott, given how scary the situation is, like you said, uh, it's, it's a great time to catch up with friends and different family members, whether it's via Zoom. Uh, or however, uh, I know you said you FaceTimed Claude the other day, which I'm sure was great. Any other former players or teammates uh, that you've been able to catch up with during this time? Yeah, a lot of guys on my birthday on Saturday. A few FaceTime, a little group chats with them. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's uh, you know I talk to my parents every day, checking in to see how they're doing. So, um, you know, it's a time where, you know, you kind of look through your contacts and your phone and you're like, oh, man, I haven't talked to him and geez, like a year. Right. And uh, you know, you're teammates with them for five years and <laughs> so you give them a call and, and see how they're doing and uh, check in on their kids or, or whatever. So it's, it's, uh, um, I guess people realize how kind of important family is. Right. And, and even though it's like, you know, sometimes people get a little stir crazy and like, I gotta get out of the house. It's like, you know, maybe you just need five, 10 minutes by yourself just to kind of um, reboot and then, uh, you know, get back to, you know, family life again. So it's something that, uh, you know, I think will bring a lot of families closer together. Yeah. I love that. We've all preached that. Just focus on what you can control. There's a bright side to it. You get for you, you get to spend more time with your family and yeah, yeah you certainly have more time to catch up with those. Uh, we, so, whenever we've had guests on here for the most part, we've tried, but we ask some, we ask about favorite shows, watches you're into right now. And if you say Tiger King, there's going to be a bit of an issue because we've heard that way too many times <laughs> away from Tiger King. I don't know if that was an option. I watched, but, um, I didn't, I didn't really like it. Uh, okay. we didn't watch Ozark season three when it came out. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jason Bateman. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, 
a money heist. I, I, I like the thrillers. I know it's, uh, it's in Spanish and uh, the words, uh, the English words don't match up with the, uh, the words on the, on the characters on the, on the big screen, but it's, uh, uh, that's kind of captivating. I watch two or three every night and, and my heart's racing about 150 when I'm trying to go to sleep. So I have to calm down <laughs> a little bit. Uh, wow. obviously, uh, yesterday we watched that last dance on ESPN, uh, Michael Jordan, his, his, uh, the last six championship season there in 98. So that was really cool. I really enjoyed that. So look, that was good. Yeah. I liked really, it. Like really good. <laughs> yeah. Their rating was so high too. I heard like for both of those episodes, you're, you're hooked on it for sure. Yeah, after the yeah. first like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your guys' favorite shows right now? I feel bad because all of our listeners probably hear too much about it. For me, it's been Homeland because our producer, Ben Barry of this podcast, uh, recommended it as well as Jordan. Jordan, I wouldn't forget you. Don't worry. Yes. Um, I, though, I think this is a good problem to have, you guys. Raked a lot of leaves um, the other day. I've been, like, doing oh. a lot of other work. Um, our listeners won't be able to see it, but, like, some blisters to show the proof of my passion um, to clean the yard. Yeah, I haven't really been watching a lot, though, lately, um, Scott. So that's kind of... You know, maybe a good problem to have, but yeah, don't cool. worry. I cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I guess it's good. But Jordan, yeah. you go ahead. Speaking of uh, blisters, I uh, I've kind of cut a few trees down in my backyard, just kind of um, doing some finishing stuff. So the landscapers were there, and they're chopping down these big trees and cutting them up. And I'm like, I'm sitting there in the house, just watching them work. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I feel so stupid, right? I feel so bad. So I was like, all right, honey, I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna help out for an hour. I get on my glove. I didn't think it would take this long. I'm sitting there moving these 150 pound trees and cutting oh them and gosh. rocks. And I was <laughs> out there for like three and a half hours. My back was broken the next day. My, my arms and neck and it was a disaster. I'm like, man, that job is nuts. Yeah. It was like, tough. they're hopping on the side of those babies, like going all the way up, trying to cut them down. And yeah, you mentioned how heavy that is, but wow. What a family, what a family man. Look at you. I bet the wife was really happy to have you uh, involved in that. Man should be with uh, man should be with his family. That's uh, one of my uh, ex teammates told me. One of good friends. So uh, I always say that to my wife. We have a good little chuckle. Man should be with his family. So <laughs> everyone's doing it. So yeah, I love it. Yes, Scott. I saw you doing the video on Twitter the other day. Just a simple tip of like how guys can stay in shape with different push ups and sit ups. But I was going to say uh, after that that tree workout, I don't think you needed to do your workouts for a few days. I'm telling you, manual labor, like, it's kind of fun to do it every once in a while, but, like, I have a lot of respect for, for people that uh, do that kind of stuff, concrete work and, yeah. you know, landscaping stuff. It's, it's, it's a grind, so yeah, uh, <laughs> talk to them. <laughs> Before we go, I want you to explain your love for Gritty. Um, what would you say, just how appreciative are you of Gritty? And I saw he's, you wearing the face mask. He's, he's uh, yeah, I did wear the face mask. <laughs> Um, honestly, I go out once a week. I put that gritty, gritty fat, uh, mask on, and uh, he's just—he's just comical. He, you know, I've been watching his uh, gritty pack quarter power hours. I'm actually—I oh, uh, think I'm going to be involved in one of them coming up here in the next few days. So excited yes. for that and uh, catch up with my old buddy. But he's—he's he's so good. He's so like on point. His character all the time. So um, everyone was questionable, obviously, when it came in last <laughs> last <laughs> season. But uh, man, he's taking the world by storm. That's awesome. Scott, uh, we're, we're really looking forward to seeing that, uh, that gritty uh, quarter hour of power with you. Uh, but thank you so, so much for, for joining us. Glad to hear you're safe and doing well with your family. Uh, and, and we hope to have you on again. It's been a real treat. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Katie. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Stay well. Yes.
Thank you so much, Kitty Emmer, as always. And I am Jordan Hall. That is the Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.